afternoon or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Thank you, Pastor. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> Amen. Boy, I'm so glad to be part of this church. Listen, if you're watching this morning, wherever you are, and you call yourself part of... There we go. Sorry, I was running interference. If you call yourself a member of Life Church, you are blessed. We have great leadership here. God has given us a couple that for the last seven years have been instrumental in my life. And um, thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Sister Sherry, for the opportunity today. I count it an honor and a privilege to be able to stand before Life Church uh, this morning and bring the word. I've got the word this morning. Boy, there's a common theme that has already run through this service today. Sister Sherry and I have not talked. Sister Natasha and I did not talk about what we were doing this morning. But God's got a word for somebody. And I just feel before we get into it, why don't wherever you are, just like Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that God has given you. Let us stir up the gift this morning because God's got a word for somebody who's watching. Put your coffee down. Put your omelet down and just take a moment to stir up the gift. This is not just another Sunday. We have not come to entertain you. We have come to entertain him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have come to entertain the one, the God Almighty who gave his life for you and I. So that in 2021, in the middle of May, when the, the world is going crazy and nobody knows which way is up or down, God is here to speak to somebody this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you for your anointing this morning. I thank you, God, that you're as close as the mention of your name today. I thank you for this church. God, I pray in your precious and wonderful name that you would do what you want to do. God, do what only you can do this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm thankful for him this morning. I'm thankful that I don't have to walk this walk on my own. Man, life is hard enough walking with Jesus. I don't know how. I don't know how anybody does it without him. I'm just going to say publicly, Sister Brenda, you were awesome last week. You spoke words of life. And if you didn't touch anybody, you touched me so much that I had to watch it again this week. Listen, if this pandemic has done anything, it's allowed us to um, just broaden our horizons with technology. And then on Wednesday, Pastor brought it again, Romans chapter 8, and that illustration of the law of gravity and the law of aerodynamics. Wow. Again, I said, I, I'll, I'll never forget, there was a Sunday night back a number of years ago. I told pastor, I'm sorry, I'm not able to, I wasn't able to make it. And all he said is, man, you missed it. That's all I can say is you, you missed it because it was rocking. And uh, I'm thankful that even if you missed it on Wednesday, you can go back and watch it again. All right. We're going to turn in our Bibles. Those of you who are here, you're welcome to be seated. We're going to read in Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 
through 23. It's a long portion of scripture, a familiar portion of scripture, but as a pastor mentioned, Pastor Jonathan brought us the word a couple weeks ago and introduced this series called Dream Big. And so Pastor Jonathan introduced us to the big dream that God gave Joseph. And so this morning, we're going to talk about the big detours, how to deal with the big detours after the dream. It's one thing to get the dream. It's another thing to walk the path to the fulfillment of the dream. So if you read with me Genesis chapter 39, again, in the NLT, verse 1, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. I was going to pause for a moment and find it a little bit ironic that it was the Ishmaelite traders. Ishmael, those of you who know your word, back a few generations before Joseph, Ishmael was the product of Abraham and Sarah rushing the dream. You can't rush God's given dream. God gave Abraham and Sarah a dream of a baby boy, but they rushed it. And the product of that was the Ishmaelites. And now a few generations later, their great grandson, Joseph, is being sold to one of them. So Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Now notice, this is the first time this is said. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. So what happens when the Lord is with Joseph? He succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. If you want to be successful this morning, start serving. Start serving. So verse 3, guess what? Potiphar noticed this, and he realized that for the second time, the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. So, of course, this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. So what did he do? He put him in charge. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. So from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and his livestock, well, they flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility. Remember that. Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, Potiphar didn't worry about a thing. The only thing he worried about was what kind of food to eat. I don't know if you remember, but long, long time ago, we used to have these things called all-inclusive resorts. We used to be able to get on a plane, and we used to be able to go down south, and for five days or seven days or however you wanted, you could be entertained and fulfilled at an all-inclusive resort. And when, when Potiphar says the only thing he had to worry about was what kind of food to eat, sounded like he was at an all-inclusive resort. Because really, that's the biggest thing you got to worry about at one of those places. Where am I going to eat tonight? Is it going to be Mexican? Is it going to be Italian? Is it going to be sushi? That's the only thing you got to worry about. 
So the Bible goes on and says, Joseph was a very handsome and a well-built young man. And of course, Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held nothing back from me except you. Well, it's because you're his wife. So how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. And then notice how Joseph understood that this sin was not just against his employer, but also against God himself. Verse 10, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. What a wise young man. We all have weaknesses. We all have things in our flesh that we got to deal with. And I challenge you today, one of the best ways to deal with those weaknesses is just to keep them away. Keep them out. Keep them out of your house. Keep them off your computer. Keep them out of your mind. Keep them off the TV. Just keep them away as far as possible. Verse 11, one day, however, no one else was around when he went back in to do his work. So Potiphar's wife came and grabbed him by his coat, demanding, come on, sleep with me. So Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Now the New King James Version says he fled and ran outside. Paul reminded Timothy in chapter 2 to flee youthful lusts. If you can't keep them out of your house, if you can't keep them out of your mind, if you can't keep them off your computer, flee it. Flee it. Sister Sherry talked a few months ago about casting down imaginations. You got to actively cast it out. So verse 13, when she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look! She said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. And when he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. So she kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Of course, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. Well, of course he would be. So he took Joseph, threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Now, if I'm Joseph, thank goodness I'm not. But if I was Joseph, I would think the pit is bad enough. My brothers beat me down and sold me into slavery. But because the Lord is with me, even though I'm a slave, he's working it out for my good. The dream is on the way. The dream is coming down that dusty road. And he's doing the right thing. He's avoiding youthful lusts. He's avoiding the pleasures that nobody would know. And he could do it. He's doing the right thing. The dream is about to be fulfilled. And what happens? He's thrown into prison for all that good work he put in, for all the things that he did. Let me remind you 
and remind me today that life is not fair. Life is not fair to any one of us. Now, you may look across the fence at your neighbor. You may look down the road at somebody else and say, why is it working out for them and not for me? I can promise you this. Your neighbor's life is not fair, too. Your co-worker's life is not fair, too. We're all real good at putting on a mask. We're all real good at acting like we got it all together. But life is not fair. And as a Christian, you got to understand that when God gives you a dream, there's going to be some detours that are going to come along. And that's what we're talking about this morning, how to handle some of those detours. Verse 21, for the third time in this scripture setting, the Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph, even in the prison, and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. Sound familiar? In our final verse, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. And for the fourth time, the Bible reminds us that the Lord was with Joseph and caused everything he did to succeed. When the Lord is with you, when the Lord is with you, whether you've been sold into slavery, whether you're thrown into the prison, God is going to use those times to prepare you for the fulfillment of the dream that he gave you. And never forget, it was him that gave it to you. You've got to keep the Lord with you. We read about it four different times. And I'm here to remind you that that detour is part of the plan. There's a song I was listening to this week. God is not done yet. Greater things are still ahead. Hallelujah. No, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't feel good. No, I can't see the end of this journey. But like Sister Brenda said last week, just keep your raft afloat. Whatever you got to do, keep that raft afloat. And again, you're not on your own this morning. Not only do you have Jesus with you, but I am thankful for a community that I belong to here at Life Church. That we're all working with each other to keep our rafts afloat. We've all got a common goal this morning. Don't ever think that you're doing this on your own, saint of God. You've got brothers and you've got sisters that will reach out to you that are there. If you just ask for a little bit of help, we've got a pastor and his wife. We've got an associate pastor and his wife. We've got a youth pastor and his wife. The team is here. The people are here. Keep your raft afloat. Thank you, Sister Brenda. Again, Pastor Jonathan opened this series a couple weeks ago by stating that a God-given dream will put you on a God-given journey to fulfillment. A God-given dream will put you on a God-given journey to fulfillment. Now, God's biggest challenge in my life and your life is never the dream. That's easy for him. Because the dream originates with God. He's the one that gave it to you. But the problem is how to prepare how to prepare the dreamer, and that's you and I. How to prepare you and I so that we will be able to handle the fulfillment of that dream when we arrive at our divine appointment with destiny. 
You've got a divine appointment with destiny. God gave you a dream. He's got a divine appointment with destiny. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week. But you have got a divine appointment with destiny. The dream will be fulfilled regardless of where you find yourself today. If the dream was given by God, he is able to complete that which he had started. Now again, I'm going to just steal something that I found on our Bible app this week. And I'm going to give a shout out to Sister Shauna Carey. Just on a side note, that Bible app that we're involved with for the last year and a half, that has been a game changer for me. Every single day I go to that Bible app. And I'm telling you, even on Thursdays, I can't wait till Friday. I'm, I'm, and I've noticed some of you too out there are going ahead, which is fine. I am thankful because not only do we have the word of God, but we've got comments. And I can't tell you how much I lean on some of those comments. Brother Mark put one on there today. And I can't remember it for word for word, but boy, it was powerful. Servant, it was about a servant. An unnamed servant. Well, he preached a message in just a few words. So I encourage everybody, if you're not clue or um, dialed into the Bible app, start today. You don't got to go back to January 1st. Start today. All right, the advertisement is over. But Sister Shauna Carey wrote something on May the 11th that just I had to steal this morning and put in the middle of my message. Life can be crushing. Life can be sad. Life can be disappointing. And then she quotes Psalm 34, verses 18 and 19. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. And then Shauna writes this. Poor David wrote these words while running for his life. And after he was told that he would be king, he was given a dream. How many times have we received promises from God just for life to take a turn that seems that the promise was a figment of our imagination? I've been there. There, in those moments, it's more important than ever to hold on. Trust, wait, believe, hope, pray. Because as you do those things, you are becoming the person God wants to give that promise to. Now, I'm not God, Shauna says, but I would venture to guess that the weight is almost always about who you are becoming, not the actual thing you're waiting on. Shauna, I'm going to repeat that. Now, I'm not God, but I would venture to guess that the weight is almost always about who you are becoming, not the actual thing you are waiting on. Praise God. That was awesome, Sister Shauna. Thank you for sharing. Philippians 2 and 12 talks about working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And in our walk with God, he is always working on us. And he's always working in us. He needs to work some things out in our lives sometimes. Amen? And if we don't allow God to work in and work out some things in us, when the dream comes to pass, you and I probably would mess it up. As great and as talented and awesome as some of you folks are, if God was going to give you your dream this moment, today, you'd mess it up. If God was going to give me my dream today, I'm not ready. And so that's what the detours are about this morning. 
Detours are God's process time. It's here that God works on the dreamer. And when we get the dream, we automatically think that there's a straight line from where we are now to when the dream comes to fulfillment. And that straight line is not just straight, but it's straight up. We just think, oh, look at the dream. I'm on a straight road to glory. Nothing can stop me now. Well, then we get a detour. On my way to work this week, I got a detour. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't like it. Because I'm a a time-oriented person. I've got things set to happen at a certain time. And I know if I leave my house at a certain time, I'll get to my work at a certain time. And when I hit a detour, like I did this week, even though I had a Christian song on, I wasn't thinking Christian thoughts. Because I'd lost some time. I felt like I was lost. I was uncertain of the way that I was going. And that's what happens sometimes to you and I. When we think we've got that straight line to fulfillment and then we get on a detour. That messes with our faith sometimes. That messes with what we believe. But I'm here to tell you that the detour is God-given. And God's going to use that detour, Sister Natasha. God's going to use that time to work out some things in your life. And if you've lived any length of time, you'll notice that our lives are continually interrupted by detours. We want our lives to be ordered. We want them to be certain, settled, easy. But God uses detours to develop us into the person he can use. And that detour could be anything. It could be the loss of a job. It could be the end of a relationship. It could be some sickness or pain that's going on in your life or in the life of a loved one. It can just be struggles or trials of life, the heaviness, the weight of everything that's going on. It can even be a death of a loved one. That could be a detour. It could be something as simple as COVID. COVID has thrown a lot of people on a detour today. I want to remind you that Joseph was 17 when he got the dream. He was 17 when those 11 brothers' sheaves bowed down to him. He was 17 when the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to him. But God allowed not one big detour, but a few big detours to come into Joseph's life. And that was 22 years of a detour. See, Joseph, like you and I, thought, I've got the dream. It's going to be fulfilled tomorrow. We're eating breakfast, and I'm telling you about the dream. Why aren't you bowing down to me yet? It hasn't happened. But God needed to use those 22 years to develop some things in Joseph. And it was during those 22 years in Potiphar's house, in the prison, that Joseph learned all the administrative skills he would need in order to lead Egypt and lead that world through a famine. Joseph wasn't ready at 17. Joseph wasn't ready at 21. He wasn't ready at 31. God had a huge dream to fulfill in his life. A huge dream. And he was working out some things. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph when he was sold into slavery. And the Lord was with Joseph when he was in the prison. And let me remind you that God is with you. But just as important as you got to be with God. The Lord can be with you, but are you with the Lord this morning? Every day that you wake up, 
Are you bringing the Lord into the car with you? Are you having no, are you opening the door to your workplace a little wider because Jesus is walking in with you? When you come home in the afternoon, do you open the door and say, Jesus, I'm home. Is he in the home with you? When you lay down your head at night, are you saying, Jesus, I know you're with me, but I want to be with you. Hallelujah. Because you're going to go on some detours. You may be on a big detour today. But God's working out some things so that your divine appointment with destiny can be fulfilled. Hallelujah. God has a purpose. God needed Joseph to deliver the people when famine would hit the, uh, the world 22 years later. And so in order to navigate some of these detours, we're going to talk about a few things. I call them the ABC's test of detours. And the detours will test three areas of your life. Number one, detours are going to be a test of my attitude. That's in the A, by the way, of the ABC's. Your attitude. You've probably heard it said, and I'll say it again. Your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude will determine how far you're going to go. See, a bad attitude is like a flat tire. You can't get very far until you change it. Your attitude is important, and these detests are going to test that. Detours are going to test that. And Joseph had a great attitude, no matter where he ended up. He may have been in the pit, but the pit never got in him. This job loss will not destroy my attitude. This sickness will not get me down. This bitterness of this lost relationship will not get into my spirit. That's the attitude that you got to take this morning when you're on the detour. Because the detour is going to test your attitude. The seasons that Pastor talked about a few weeks ago are about developing us into who God wants us to be, Sister Natasha. Again, we didn't talk, but that was on point this morning. Everywhere Joseph landed, he didn't take it personally. He didn't overreact. He didn't act like he, that God forgot where he was. He acted like the owner, even when he was a servant. He acted like, I may be a slave, but I'm going to be the best slave that anybody's ever seen. Now you may be sick, but you've got to determine in your spirit and in your attitude that I'm going to be the best patient my doctor has ever seen. I'm going to have the best attitude that this doctor has ever met. I may have lost my job, but I'm going out to get a better job because that's what God wants for me. I'm praying the, 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 the open heaven prayer. God's got good things in store for me. Hallelujah. Your attitude will determine your altitude this morning. And when he was in the prison, I bet you in his spirit, he had the attitude, well, warden, you've never seen a prisoner like me before. I may be in the prison, but I'm going to be the best prisoner that he's ever seen. I've got skills that he doesn't even know about. I'm going to be the best that I can be. Watch your attitude while you're on the detour this morning. The second test in the ABCs is that the detour is going to test your spiritual boundaries. Now, it can be frustrating and confusing when we're sent on that detour to our dream, but while we're on the detour, it's essential to have spiritual boundaries. Essential. And I'm going to call them guardrails this morning. We're living in a society that's doing everything it can to remove the guardrails. i got to tell you this morning, it's dangerous when you start removing guardrails. 
I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but if you're riding, driving down the highway and you, you come around just a little area and you see just a small little guardrail and you're thinking, why on earth is that there? Like, of all the places to have a guardrail, why is it there? Well, there's a reason that guardrail is there. And there's a reason that pastor puts guardrails in our lives. There's a reason that there's guardrails in the scriptures. There's a reason that your mom and dad put guardrails out They're to protect you. You may not understand why they're there. It may annoy you because you can't get off and go where you want to go. But don't start removing guardrails until you know why they were there in the first place. Hallelujah. I may think that I'm the smartest cookie in the cookie jar. And I may think that I can go start removing guardrails left, right, and center because it allows me, what's the buzzword? Freedom. I tell you, there's some danger in freedom. My family's going through an issue right now with our cat. Our cat wants to be free. Every time we open the door, the cat's there. He wants to get out. But what that little feline furball doesn't understand is that there's cars out there. There's coyotes out there. And I'm not going to lie, if I had a picture, I'd put him up, but he's a cute little guy. So if anybody else found him, he's not coming home. But he, does, he, he doesn't understand that there's, there's a reason he's not allowed to do certain things. And there's a reason that you've got spiritual boundaries in your life. Saying of God, hear me this morning. The detour is going to test those spiritual boundaries. Now, Joseph was a young guy. I was going to say I've been a young guy, but this pastor reminded me I'm still a young guy. And let me tell you, with a woman coming on to him and nobody was around... There are natural things in a young man that will start to rise up. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. Like maybe this is God's gift. Again, I'm in, a, I'm in a bad spot. I'm a slave. I'm a servant. Hear me this morning. The detour is going to test your spiritual boundaries. You need to expect the test. Expect the test of your spiritual boundaries this morning. And I want to remind you what he said. How could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Young people this morning, hear me. Have spiritual boundaries. Make them distinct. Make them clear. Make it up in your mind because it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Your boundaries will get tested. And this happened to be a sexual temptation that Joseph had to deal with. But your boundaries might need to be set around money. Your boundaries may need to set about position in your workplace. Whatever it is that will tempt you to cross the line. Again, it's going to happen. But the guardrail needs to be there. And I'll just throw this one out. The boundaries are only going to get set through Bible reading and prayer. That's the only way it's going to get set. I mean, it helps to watch and be a part of church. It helps to be as soon as the doors are open in church, but you've got to have a personal walk with God to set those boundaries. Every single day, you've got to find time to talk to the master. Every single day, you've got to find time to let him talk to you through the word. Praise God. And finally, the detours are a test of my convictions. That's the C, by the way, of the ABCs. The detours are a test of my convictions when I'm under pressure. Again, we're living in a convictionless society where everything goes. 
But I need to remind you as a saint of God, you need to have convictions in your life. You've got to be convicted about a few things. Now, convictions takes you past your beliefs. Convictions is something that you're going to fight for. Conviction is something that you're willing to die for. A conviction will keep those boundaries set. You've got to have convictions this morning. It's your core convictions that will help you in the middle of a temptation. You've got to learn with those convictions to say no to the devil's pressure. See, I find it interesting that no is the easiest word for a child to say. And my kids have learned that as a parent, no is the easiest word for a dad to say. Dad, can I have some money to go to Popeye's? No. Dad, can I do this? No. <laughs> it's very easy for me to say no. But you got to take that attitude and apply it in your spiritual life. So when the devil comes knocking and says, hey, Andrew, can I do this? No. Hey, Andrew, why don't you go visit this website? No. That's conviction. Hey, why don't you just watch this? It's okay. No. Use that easy word. It's two simple letters of the alphabet. But that will save you when you're on the detour. That conviction to say no to the devil's pressure. You got to say no. Hallelujah. When you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm just going to sleep 10 more minutes instead of getting up and reading your Bible app. No sleep. Because as somebody who's tried to do that, you are just as tired 10 minutes later as you are if you woke up. Sometimes, I don't know how this works, but you're more tired. That snooze button, that's a, that's a dangerous thing. So when you wake up, get up and read your Bible app. When you get in your car, throw on that Christian music instead of the radio. Better yet, just turn everything off or put the Christian music low and just have a few words with God. Your prayer time doesn't have to be half an hour of travail. Now you need that, but that doesn't have to be your prayer time. You're your prayer time is just a communication with God. How many times is the communicate? I'm going to steal this from Brother Woodward. Not that he's watching, but if you're watching, thank you, Brother Raymond. I appreciate uh, your series that you did on seven simple prayers. But he made the statement that some of the conversations we have with some of the most meaningful people in our lives are just nonchalant and simple. You know, you get in the car with your family and you just start having a conversation some of the most meaningful things will get shared in those conversations. When you're sitting around the dinner table, you haven't planned it out. You're just starting to talk. And so that's how a prayer could be with God. That's how your relationship with God should be. Praise God. I don't know where that came from, but your boundaries and your convictions will be set through your prayer time. Praise God. And we're going to start to come in for a landing here in a few moments. But I want to talk about a few simple things of how do I deal with detours. If I'm, if I'm going to be on a detour, I'm going to be tested. So how do I deal with it? Well, number one, resist the temptation to become bitter. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15 in the New King James Version of the Bible says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Why? Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. 
Resist the temptation to come bitter. I, I can't even imagine, Joseph, how many times he must have um, started to think about where he was in certain situations, whether it was in Potiphar's house or in the prison. But I can guarantee you this, he resisted the temptation to become bitter. He kept his attitude right. Number two, discover the power of serving. There's power in serving. If your pastor asks you to do something, grin and say, absolutely, I'd love to do it. If your pastor's wife asks you to do something, absolutely, point me in the right direction. Serve with excellence. There's power in that. Wherever you find yourself today, find yourself serving. Find yourself serving. Serve with excellence. Get connected to a life church ministry where you can serve. And finally, number three, remain focused and trust what God has revealed in the light. God has revealed some things to you in the light. And when it becomes dark, it's hard sometimes to keep going. But you've got to remain focused and trust on what God revealed to you in those times of light. The detour can be a dark place, but trust what was revealed in the light. Hold on to God's promise and God's dream for your life. Hold on to that, Sister Sherry. Hebrews, we talked about it this morning. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the substance of things hoped for. you got to hope for your dream. you got to keep that in front of you. No matter where you are, keep it in your focus. It's the evidence. That's the evidence. Your faith is the evidence. Not something tangible that you can see or your neighbors can see or your family can see. Your faith is the evidence of things unseen. Praise God. Let me remind you that you can trust God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall, He shall, He shall direct your paths. Hallelujah. I'm sure Joseph would have run home if he got out of the prison. If he got out of that pit, he would have ran home to his dad. If he could get out of prison, he would have escaped forever. But God knew he needed to go on certain detours to fulfill the dream. God has got a greater plan than you and I could ever believe. He's got a greater plan than you could even imagine. He's got things in store for Life Church that would blow our minds. And if God allowed it to happen today, we would not be prepared. You think this little sanctuary can handle what God wants to do? You got another thing coming. God is using COVID to prepare you. Pastor, I'm speaking in faith this morning. God's using COVID to prepare Life Church for what He has for us. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is using us this morning. God's got a dream that he's given us this morning. Don't get sidetracked on the detour. Oh, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost this morning. Wherever you are, whether you're in the building, whether you're in their living room, whether you're in their bedroom, whatever time you're watching this, wherever in the world you are, start to stir up the gift this morning. I don't know if you're on a detour. I don't know if God gave you a dream and even this week you said, God, what's up? What's going on? Why am I here still? Why am I dealing with this still? When are you going to come through? Come on, somebody. Hold on. Hold on. The Middle East is a fire. 
things are happening in our world. Hold on today. As I come to a close, let me remind somebody that this detour is not a derailment. This detour is just that, it's just a detour. That train is still going. Just follow the track. You may not be able to see through the fog. You may not be able to see where you're going, but just put one foot in front of the other. Bible said he will direct our paths. Just put one foot in front of the other this morning, hallelujah. Oh, come on somebody. Don't get distracted on your way to the dream. Don't get distracted on the detour, but keep going, keep moving. Keep it in focus today. Keep focused on God this morning. This is just a detour, it's not a derailment. It is not a derailment. Don't listen to the enemy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I bind the enemy this morning. I come against the forces of hell in Jesus' name. God, that saint this morning that's in their bedroom, I ask the anointing of the Holy Ghost at this moment, loose the power of God in Jesus' name in that place. In the name of Jesus, saying to God, stir up the gift. The Lord is working in that living room this morning. The Lord is working in your life this morning. Hallelujah. Don't get distracted today on the detour. Have confidence in God that he, at this moment, preparing you for the dream that he has for you today. Hallelujah. Come on, saints of God, start praying. Come on, saints of God, stir up the gift. Somebody is in their living room going through a time. Somebody is in their kitchen this morning wondering where God is. Hallelujah. It's just a detour. It's not a derailment. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram, and on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review, or even both. And share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.